from our studios here at the Great South Bay in Long Island, New York. This is our own Turf Wars podcast. Here's your host, Matthew Outlay. From the Long Island studios, this is Home Turf Sports Sports Podcast. I hear on on Anchor. I'm Matthew Holly. I'll be your host for the next hour or so. Man, February 24th, 2022, and I have better and I have and I have better sense of sports talk than a guy than a guy wearing a yellow shirt that says defund the athlete. That shirt is selling the MAGA sports machine very insane. I mean, I gotta, I gotta tell, I tell my sponsor to make a shirt from in black, in black. It says, "Defund the MAGA sports machine," because that right there, that will sell. We got plenty of talk. We got plenty to talk about, but me. We start the we start opening up our show with a little with a big news some news that's going around in the NFL circle. Looks like ESPN is looking to get their guy because ABC because yes when ES when when Monday Night Football left ES left ABC for ESPN. It was because yes, Sunday Night Football on NBC picked up this Sunday Night Football Sunday Night Football package from ESPN and made it their prime time made it their prime time extravaganza. They yanked their director, they yanked Al Michaels, they yanked John Madden, and ESPN had to fill it with duct tape and super glue ever since. They did it with Mike Tariq. Mike Tariq is a hell of a guy. I like Mike. I like Mike. They had John Gruden. They had John Gruden as a as an analyst. They said they taint. They said they, it didn't work with me with Booker. It worked in Booker. I mean, Jason Witten didn't go with me, but but lastly, they did they went in the right direction with Steve Levy, Louis Riddick, and and Brian and Brian Grease. A hell of a smart guy, but now looks like Yahoo Sports reports it says a seismic shift may be going down in the world of NFL broadcasting. Of course, Troy Aikman, the top NFL Troy Aikman, currently the top NFL color commentator for Fox Sports, is in deep negotiations to leave the network to become the lead analyst for ESPN's Monday Night Football. That is according to Andrew Marchand of the New York Post. Well, the deal will reportedly be for five years with a salary in the neighborhood of Tony Romo's $17.5 million per year contract with CBS. Well, it's a good time to be a former Dallas Cowboys starting QB. Of course, Aikman was also reportedly courted by Amazon, which is about to become the sole broadcaster or streamer of Thursday Night Football. Amazon remains in negotiations for another broadcasting free agent, Al Michaels of NBC Sports. For Marchand, ESPN could pursue Michaels as well. Of course, the potential move 
with end of two-decade tenure at Fox Reagan, who's been calling games with Joe Buck since 2002. It might not be the end of for Ickman's partnership with Buck, though, as the well-known as the well-known play-by-play man has his contract up next year. Well, who is going to replace him? Who are they going to replace him with? Well, Fox does not seem to lack for candidates to replace him. For March, and the network will consider its number two analysts, former Carolina Panthers tight end Greg Olson and former New Orleans Saints coach Sean Payton. It could also be reportedly trade for Drew Bees, who currently works for NBC as a studio analyst. And there is also the possibility of Tom Brady, who has better things to do in his first year of retirement. Marchand even mentions the possibility of Los Angeles Rams head coach Sean McVay for both Fox and Amazon, though that would require a shocking retirement at this point. But the awkward part of ESPN poaching Aitman would be the fact that they already have a pair of Monday football color commentators, though neither have the name recognition of Aitman and some other ESPN name, ES names ESPN has pursued. Last season, Brian Grease and Lewis Riddick were the last occupants of a Monday night football broadcasting booth that has been somewhat sting of a revolving door since the departure of Mike Torrico in 2016 and John Gruden in 2018. For the play-by-play role, ESPN has turned to Sean McDonough, Joe Tessitore, and most recently Steve Levy with varying results. The color position has been more chaotic. ESPN first brought in Jason Witten, who drew poor reviews and abruptly ended his retirement to sign with the Cowboys. Then tried Booger McFarland for its sole color commentator to even poorer reviews. At seemingly every juncture, the network went after Peyton Manning, but was rebuffed until up until the Hall of Fame quarterback got his own pot broadcast with his brother Eli. The resulting Manning cast was unquestionably a win for ESPN, but left ESPN with a broadcast booth low on name recognition, but with decent reviews. Of course, now if now ESPN may not be getting Manning in the biggest color commentary wall, but it's reportedly on the verge of finally making that splash higher the network has been keen on for years. Holy smokes, if this is the case, Aitman is moving up to the broadcast, other part of the broadcast booth. And it ends a, and it ends, the era ends an era of so many great, of so many grimmable years. I remember watching Troy Aitman as a football player before he became a broadcast, before he became a broadcaster. As a Giants fan, I hated Aikman. I actually hated the guy. I asked, but I respected the but I respected the guy. There were a lot of there were a lot of names. There were a lot of names. Of course, he tried even tried they even want Fox isn't even trying to poach John Lynch. Well it was the current it was currently the San Francisco 49ers general manager. Lynch coincidentally was asked several to- week ago, several weeks ago about the possibility that he would turn for TV. He said via via the San Jose Mercury News that said from time to time opportunities are presented. 
I can tell you and everyone that my commitment right now is to this organization. We're just coming off a season. My commitment is to the 49ers, the York family, the Kyle Shanahan. The key words right now, as of right now, no one is offering me three times what I'm currently making with the 49ers to call games on TV again. I, and I can understand that. Fox needs to find a, you guessed it, name recognition to get back to the trot, get themselves back to that promised land. To be completely honest with you, it's hard. It's hard not. It's hard not to think about that. But right now, if this is the case, ESPN, ESPN has locked up the biggest, the biggest fish in the pond. And if that, and if that's the case. ESPN is heading to ESPN is probably getting trying to fill that void, trying to fill some holes. They get name recognition just in time for the Super Bowl debut in a few years from now. And but at the end of the day, it's going to be hard to find that. Find that spot. Find that, that spot coming up. I think base with baseball season coming up at full swing. I mean, it's hard. Not, it's hard not to. It's, I mean, but football season is still in. It is still in there. Dead and cold and dead, with the exception of the USFL. Coming up in May, April, this could be a better time. For ESPN to lock up their star power, lock up star power. If if Sean Payton, if Sean Payton should be should be replaced Twayman, guy, I don't know. Aikman's got Aikman's got star potential, and to be on the network with Stephen A. Smith. That's shock, that's somewhat shocking. A lot of money, a lot of money, and a lot of respect. With a lot of money, you're getting Romo. You're getting Romo money for five years, including a Super Bowl, including a Super Bowl for ABC. Man, that's something. We'll be back right after this. But word from our sponsor. You're listening to Hunter Sports on Anchor. I know your shirts are bland, your hats are bland, your businesses are businesses are bland, bland. So why not give it a facelift with Li Tops? Li Tops is the is Long Island's home for custom shirts, custom hats, printed, and of course. Putting up, putting up vinyl banners for you and all your stuff for, for your businesses and whatever have you. Long Island Tots is home to 
some of the with some of the best guys in the business to work to get this gift. Make sure your product stands out from the best. Don't forget to visit them. Don't forget to give them a chance to out. Li chops. If it ain't us, it ain't lit. That's L I T O P E ops. Legendary soccer player in England, Gary Linker said UFA is to move the Champions League final away from Russia. The right decision. Insider Rob Harris said UEFA will move the Champions League final out of Russia with a decision set to be confirmed on Friday by Friday's extraordinary meeting of the executive committee. And of course, Jennifer Rubin said, no brainer. Yeah, Tim Sparrow said the Champions League final should not be played in Russia. Time for the football community to do their bit. Of course, a lot of people saying that UEFA is official. The UEFA Champions League final will not be played in St. Petersburg. Um, of course, this is the this is the worst thing. And I don't know where they're gonna be. Because, I mean, one tweet says sport matters since 2000. Russia has used force against 11 regions slash neighbors. There were their rewards, two Olympics, a World Cup, Champions League, etc. And their dope athletes have competed under a, an array of flags. All this ass-kissing and see-no-evil has emboldened to sport matters. And of course, that is what, that shifted the reason. That is shit because of what has happened in of the invasion of Ukraine in Ukraine. Ukraine. Looks like Russia will not be hosting a Champions League final this year. Probably ne probably never for a long time. Richard Ty Richard Tice went on on Twitter and said, UEFA, don't dribble. Show some balls and move the Champions League final from Russia and castle the gas bomb sponsorship. Now, this is probably the right decision for them to move away from, from Russia to somewhere in Europe that plays by the rules. Thomas Merson, Russia cannot be allowed to host the Champions League final this year. I fully support calls to move the final from St. Petersburg. And this is, and this to me, it's been, it tells you right there. This is, this is bad business for a powerful dictator trying to force a country back into its roots. And it's not, and it's not, and it's not good for Russia's image right now. The invasion of Ukraine shows how pathetic the Russian government has done. ESPN reports the UEFA are set to strip St. Petersburg of hosting rights for the 2022 Champions League final. Sources to have told ESPN after calling an extraordinary meeting of an executive committee following Russia's attack on Ukraine on th Thursday. This is Mark Ozin of ESPN FC. Of course, the Krasovsky Stadium, a host venue for the 2018 World Cup, was due to stage the Champions League final on May 28th after being 
after initially being awarded the game in 2021 before it was moved back a year due to the COVID-19 pandemic. Western troops launched a wide-ranging attack on Ukraine on Thursday as President Vladimir Putin cast aside international condemnation and sanctions and warned other countries that any attempt to interfere would lead to consequences you have never seen. Spoken like a true dictator. Anybody supporting this dictator, it sounds like, it sound like um, a waste of my mind. Like you are, you are completely dead to me for that, for defending a dictator. World leaders decried Russia's actions, and UEFA are now prepared to act on their decision to stage this season's Champions League final in St. Petersburg. Of course, UEFA said in a statement, following the evolution of the situation between Russia and Ukraine, the UEFA president has called an extraordinary meeting of the executive committee for 10 a.m. CETs, of course, 4 a.m. Eastern time, on Friday, February the 25th, in order to evaluate the situation and take all necessary decisions. Further communication will be made after the meeting of the UEFA executive committee. Sources have told ESPN that alternative Venues are being considered for the final, with Wembley Stadium in London not in contention due to being booked for the EFL playoffs on the same day. But with Russia now facing global condemnation for their actions against Ukraine, sources have told ESPN it is inevitable that the Champions League final will be moved. UEFA are also likely to discuss the ongoing involvement of Russian teams in the club's competition during Friday's meeting. UEFA added later on Thursday. UEFA shares the international community's significant concern for the security situation developing in Europe and strongly condemns the ongoing Russian military invasion in Ukraine. As the governing, governing body of European football, UEFA is working tirelessly to develop and promote football according to common European values such as peace and respect for human rights in the spirit of the Olympic Charter. We, we remain resolute in our solidarity with the football community in Ukraine and stand ready to extend our hand to the Ukrainian people. We are dealing with this situation with the utmost seriousness and urgency. Decisions will be taken by the UEFA executive committee and announced tomorrow. Meanwhile, sources have told ESPN that FIFA are monitoring the situation around next month's World Cup playoffs with Russia scheduled to face Poland and Moscow. Ukraine are also due to play in the World Cup playoffs, scheduled to face Scotland on March 44th at Handen Park. This is bad news. This is arguably bad news for those in Russia. This is for the Ukraine... There's no need for them to get involved with this. For for Russia to be a complete and arrogant, for Russia to be completely arrogant, this is probably this is going to be backfiring somebody. In the end, we are not we are not here to solidify that both the bullshit. 
from idiocracy, if you are supporting a dictator, you are completely screwed and probably need security and probably need mental health. I don't think that, I don't think that for one second that this is probably, this is probably going to look bad for Russia on their part. For me, I mean, I would say this. If you're Clay Travis, if you're guys like Clay Travis, you're pretty much you're pretty much fucked three ways for three, three days from Sunday. You're probably thinking, well, Europe has gone full woke because they're moving their Champions League final out of Russia, and like. Russia is invading Ukraine for no reason. This has got to be the most dumbest. If that was the most dumbest take I'll hear from Clay Travis later today. Either he either he does his I'll kick the shit show. I mean it will I will be laughing in hysterics. This is looking bad in part for Russia, and this is, we are not, are you a Russian state? I mean, this is a problem. Clay Travis went on Twitter, went on Twitter a couple days ago, Twitter about earlier today. I mean, I mean, and he's got idiocracy, he's like, really, really got to be stupid. Big picture, what you're seeing, what we're seeing, what you are seeing in Ukraine, and maybe Taiwan too, is a conflict between people who believe in words, gestures, blue check, wing journals of the world, and people who believe in raw physical power. The left wing of the Democratic Party is anti-masculinity. Oh God, this guy's this guy here. Autocratic leaders believe in hyper-masculinity, raw physical power. Or Hour. They think they believe that might makes right. America has spent decades fetishizing, fetishizing soft, cuddly emotional power. Putin and Z don't respect it at all. This is the result. Trump was a wild card because Putin and she learned feared what he might do if they stepped out of line. Biden is a weak empty suit. Both Putin and she sized him up and found him lacking. That led to this. A lack of strength will be exploited by those who respect only strength. Oh, boy. Exposing Clay Travis one on also exposed him. Putin and she feared the man who spent an entire statement on Clay and Buck, which is, their, which is Clay Travis's new afternoon show, keeping raised on the Russian leader's invasion into a democratic nation. Clay Travis is continuing his barrage of absolute bullshit this morning. A sports guy talking foreign policy and nothing more. I mean, this guy is up as bad as as bad as is. I mean, Clay Travis is a pathetic idiot, and of course, I'm laughing at this pathetic buffoon. They mock uh, and they mock Clay and they mock Clay Tra- and people mock Clay Travis. We now reach the stage of Republican cowardice and lust for autocratic power and subversion. Democracy, where Trump maggot trolls 
and Russian trolls are indistinguishable. Play here is the gaslighting and profiteering charlatan and grifter. Those are not, those are not, I, I, you can't make me say anything better than that. He, a grifting, a grifting lunatic who deserves a lot, who deserves a lot about, no, not no shit about foreign policy, yet now does his own radio show that has him talking politics. So this Jason Whitlock, the stupid looking fat fuck. But at the end of the day, I'm very honest about what I say. I mean, Ukraine really, really. I mean, I mean, this is aesthetic. I mean, I can't laugh at this. Clay Travis is a pathetic lunatic, and of course, ask us or I said, "Well, I'm sorry. Well, I don't know what I'm not about to say, but I'm feeding everybody bullshit, and I still suck." Well, you can't go back to Fox Sports Radio there, buddy. Their morning show is taken over by guys who know more about sports than you. Meanwhile, Holter Sports will be better than you and, of course, better than your Outkick the Shit show because we have the better product. (sighs) Ukraine. With With the UK. With the UK. With Ukraine being invaded by Russian, by Russia, this is the result. You lose, you lose the right to the Champions League final. I don't know what's going to happen next, but they lost the UEFA League Champions League final because they want to be assholes. We'll be back right after a word from our sponsor. No, I get it. You're looking for the best shirts in town, something that associates with the area, or something like that? Let Mac of Amityville help you out. Of course, Mac is the home of the of Mac t-shirts, Long Island Toss t-shirts, Island Tribe t-shirts, and plenty of cool stuff, merchandise you can find. It's the best butt shop you ever find here, shop in Amityville. Well, check them out down on down on Route 110 and 10 next to the next to the Amityville Amityville train station. That's that's minutes from the Amityville train station. I mean, and don't forget to check them out and check them out today. Long you got Rucker Harlem has Rucker Lincoln Queens got Lincoln, but Long, but Long Island has the Mac. We know baseball is still in lockout mode. Here we are. Oh, we of course we are on February 24th. And ESPN writer Jesse Rogers, who has been at the heart of these negotiations between Major League Baseball and the Players Union, the MLB Players Association, this is not looking pretty much good if but now they have set the, there's now a deadline set of course he said wrote that major league baseball will begin canceling regular season games if the see if the league and the mlbpa can't come to terms 
under a new collective bargaining agreement by Monday. A leaked spokesperson said Wednesday the games will not be made up and players will not be paid full season salary. Spokesperson said a deadline. Spokesperson said a deadline is a deadline. Missed games are missed games. Salary will not be paid for the old game. Brings back memories of '94, don't it? It's the first time MLB has publicly said it would shorten the season if a new deal isn't reached by the deadline. The league first gave the players the February 28th deadline two weeks ago and reiterated to them Wednesday. Citing health concerns, the league said it wants about four weeks of spring training, hence its Monday deadline. Opening day is scheduled for March 31st. The players have never acknowledged this without the deadline. The size remains far apart on a new agreement. The union is likely to pull expanded playoffs off the table if players aren't paid a full season salary, according to sources familiar with the union's thinking. The news came about after five hours of negotiations Wednesday that included rigorous dialogue, according to sources familiar with the talks. The only new proposal of the day had the league slightly tweaking the minimum salary structure offering $10,000 more than previous proposal. The union wants minimum salaries to begin at $775,000 next season. The league is now offering $640,000 with $10,000 raises for every year to deal after that. The movement was viewed by the union as minor, as very minor, sources said. Of course, the players were joined Wednesday by executive subcommittee members Andrew Miller, Zach Britton, and Garrett Cole for the first time this week. The joint committee holdovers, Max Scherzer, Francisco Lindor, and Jason Castro, in the meetings to have produced little progress towards a new agreement. So far, after 13 hours inside Rochester Stadium, both sides provided tweaks to the previous offers, including on Monday, the league added $5 million to the proposed bonus pool for free arbitration players, now offering $20 million in it. The union wants $115 million. On Tuesday, the union asked to ask, reduce, the ask, reduce its ask for its Super 2 eligibility, requesting that salary arbitration come to players who rank in the top 75 in terms of service time and among those who have been between two, between two and three years in the majors, down from the previous request of 80%. It was 22% in the previous CBA. Well, the sides have a lot to gra- a lot of ground to cover to meet the league's deadline. Disagreements on the competitive balance tax, revenue sharing, service time manipulation, and the draft are still unresolved. If the league holds to its timeline, there are only five days left before playing less than a 162 game schedule. In 2022 becomes a reality. They can't move to cancel and not make up the games. It's a dramatic one by the league. So the 1990 lockout extended into March. Once an agreement was reached, the size pushed back opening day by a week and extended the season by three days to get all the games in. MLB is currently refusing to make up games this year with doubleheaders or lengthening the season on the back end. Some of the union believed both are still negotiable if the season doesn't start on time. So this is this is a I mean this is hilarious silly. This is 
this is on baseball itself. I want uh, Major League. I want Major League Baseball and its unions to stick their heads out their asses and try to get a deal in place. Of course, with all, I mean, let's face it. We need, we need, we need this deadline. There is a deadline in place. Of course, I'll say this, and I will say this. This is on, this is on, this is on ownership. On the league and the universe, of course. Deadline's a, de deadline's a deadline here. And it's on basically baseball themselves. I'll say that up front. And when it when the, the games are affected, it becomes a necessity to blame both the league and of course all and of course all and of course ownership. And of course the players. Well, here's the I mean, here, I mean, I'm just, I'm just waiting, I'm just want, I just want baseball to come back. I'm back in April so I can enjoy the Yankees, listening to Yankees again. R.J. Anderson of CBS Sports said, with Major League Baseball owner, uh, baseball's owner and post lockout now threatening to delay the start of the 2022 regular season. The league and the Players Association are expected to meet more frequently this week with the hope of reaching a new collective bargaining agreement before opening day must be postponed. The unofficial deadline to avoid that fate is believed to be February 48th. One of the biggest sticky points in the negotiations thus far has been the owner's unwillingness to budge on the per parameters of the competitive balance tax. Therefore, hereafter referred to as the CBT. For those on hip to baseball's finer workings, the CBT is a mechanism that was first introduced as a luxury tax. In recent years, the owners have fashioned the CBT into the league's unofficial salary cap. Well, but the gist, I mean, there are a lot of the details, but the gist is that the teams are penalized if the combined average annual value of the players' value, players' contracts exceeds the tax line. The further the threshold, over the threshold the team is, the steeper the fine. Under the old CBA, teams that went more than $40 million behind the tax line would, have, would even have their top draft pick moved further down. Although those penalties are trifling for the franchise, they served, they've served as an effective deterrent. Only six franchises have ever exceeded the CBT multiple times during its history, and just three of those teams have done it more than twice. The most common violators have even made a habit of sucking under the line every few years so as to reset the penalties and avoid the additional multipliers tied down for repeat offenders. Well, Teams going over the tax line isn't a true problem. 
and yet the owners have prioritized adding teeth to the super teeth in a way that overstates the threat. The league's most recent, most recent proposal would increase the lowest threshold over tax rate from 20% to 50% for first-time violators. The second tier would increase from 32% to 75%, and the final tier would increase from 62.5% to 100%. There would be no additional tax for subsequent offenders, subsequent offenders as there were as there was under the OCBA. There would, however, be new draft pick-related penalties for any, for crossing any of the three thresholds. The owner's intent is clear. They're no longer satisfied with a soft cap. Even if even a few teams cross the boundary, they want a hard cap that can't be as easily displaced. What makes the league's proposal particularly unreasonable is how they're pushing for these different penalties while refusing to substantively raise the tax line and at the same time requesting an expanded postseason that are equal that and revenue boom. The difference between MLB and MLBPA's proposals on the tax growth rate is absurd. As Jay Jaff pointed out at Fangraph, the year-to-year annual change in MLB's proposal would be less than 1% for most of the CBA. The MLBPA's most recent proposal, for comparison, would include a massive hike in year one before increasing by, by about 3% year-to-year the rest of the way. Put it another way, the two sides are more than fifty million apart under idolized tax line for the twenty twenty six season. Perhaps the above contradiction, the owners knowing they they'll make more money, yet be yet being eager to spend even less of it. As has been best spelled out by Travis Salchik of the score, who recently illustrated how revenue and the tax line are unoccupied. He said life lesson Lessons from MLB owners to all of us. Let us let let us let compounding work for you. MLB players trying to catch, play catch up. Just one of the many issues at play, but arguably the most most divisive. And I seriously agree with that. Here. The Supertee is a cleverly, if incorrectly branded, instrument. The implication is that its presence helps promote parity. There is no evidence that the CBT or any other salary cap variation achieves a desired effect beyond suppressing salaries. What the owners are doing in their latest proposal is laying that truth bare. They want to increase the size of the pie, but they also want to ensure that they even get a greeter greater share of said pie. Of course, none of this should come as an unexpected development. The owners have consistently fought for a salary cap during the past CBA negotiations, and they've even won the ability in recent CBA to install spending caps at other levels of the game, hence teams being permitted to spend only so much in the draft or on the international free agent market, even when owners have willingly spent on more, ta- more on talent, like giving minor league players a slight bump, they responded by trimming the total number of minor league jobs to make up for it. It was only a matter of time before they tried for our cap at the big league level. Which is surprising. 
is that how they've stuck by radical vision this late in the process. These types of proposals perceived to be a trademark of early negotiations. The problem is that these negotiations have nations have been ongoing for more than two months. The owners' unwillingness, unwillingness to relent or to bend toward a more agreeable number in this arena would not seem to be a promising sign that a deal will be reached before opening day is upon. Perhaps that all starts to change this week. If not, there are two paths forward. The players flinching and giving in to avoid a, going over the cliff together, or the owner's desire for a hard cap derailing the season. Either way, every one thing is clear. This lockout needs to end and end somewhere this weekend. New are with 20, opening day is the 31st of March. Get your acts together, MLB. Get your acts together, Players Union. We we all want baseball back. On um, when you just get it done. We'll be back right after this from a word from our sponsor. Missed the segment? Don't worry, Home Tour Sports got you covered. Don't don't forget to check us out on Anchor immediately after the Spaces episodes end. And the new new episodes air every day at two on Spaces, as well as launching on a, and as well later on the day on Anchor and where or and wherever you get your podcasts. PGA playing the role of the big bully kind of comes off as far-fetched, don't you think? I mean, I mean, Greg Norman, the former PGA legend, thinks so. It's because this is as ugly as it gets. If ESPN reports Greg Norman has accused the PGA Tour of bullying and threatening its players by warning them they might face a lifetime ban. If they join a proposed rival circuit that is being financed by Saudi Arabian money. Of course, in a letter to PGA Tour Commissioner Jay Monahan on Thursday, a copy of which was obtained by ESPN, Norman accused Monahan of, go- of going too far, being unfair, and likely breaking labor laws. Simply put, Norman wrote, you can't ban players from playing golf. Players have the right and the freedom to play where we like. I know for a fact that many PGA players were and still are interested in playing for a new league, in addition to playing for the tour. What is wrong with that? What is wrong with allowing players to make their own decisions about where to play and how often to play? What is so wrong with player choice? Why do you feel so threatened that you resort to such a desperate, unwise, and unenforceable threat? Of course, the PGA Tour has told players that anyone who competes in the proposed Super Golf League would face an immediate suspension and possible lifetime ban. Monaghan reiterated the tour stance during meetings with players in California last week and Florida this week. And of course, Monaghan told the Associated Press on Wednesday that he made it clear to the players that there is zero complacency 
when it comes to the Saudi League and any play, and that any player who signs up with a new circuit will lose their PGA Tour or membership. I told AP, I told the players we're moving on and anyone on the fence needs to make a decision. Of course, Norman, who is the CEO of Live Golf Investments, has been the frontman for the Saudi Bat Tour, which is hoped to begin play this summer. It's planned to have 14 events, including as many as 10 in North America. The rival league has hoped to poach top players but many of the world's best have pledged their allegiance to the PGA Tour, including John Rahm, Justin Thomas, Roy McIlroy, Justin Johnson, and Bryson DeChambeau. In the letter, Norman, a former world number one and two-time winner of the Open, accused the PGA Tour of putting its own financial ambitions ahead of the players. And every, every player on the tour knows it. Competition in all aspects of life and sports and business is healthy, and the players deserve to be well compensated which is why so many players have expressed an interest in playing in a new league. But when you threaten to end players' careers, and when you engage in unfair labor practices with your web of player restrictions, you demonstrate exactly why players are open-minded about joining the league that treats players well, respects them, and compensates them for according to their true worth. While the recent commitments to the PGA Tour from Johnson, DeChambeau, and others might have, been, might have been big blows to the proposed breakaway league, Norman doesn't seem ready to give up its effort. Commissioner, this is just the beginning. It is certainly not the end. Well, I think when you are powerful enough to have the people, you are the head of the PGA Tour going up against a former number one. He wrote that all this said Monahan at one point said all this talk about the league and about money has been distracting to our players, our partners, and most importantly our fans. We're focused on legacy, not leverage. You saw it last week with your Joaquin Neiman winning, receiving a trophy from a legend tournament host which is the one of my host Tiger Woods, who inspired him to take up the game. Those moments cannot be replicated. This is power. I mean, I mean, when you are a power, when this is a power play, when you are an executive, you are you are in trouble for it. I want I, as if you're afraid of competition, you're pretty much you're pretty much stupid for it. And that alone tells you right then and there. This is you are you are playing a bully. Playing the bully does not work out pretty well. It just does not. Period. Well, four local sports teams will be in action tonight. The Rangers will look to lock, will defend home ice against the against the rival Washington Capitals. That's a seven. Also, also a seven. The New Jersey Devils will go to pet go to Western Pennsylvania to take on the Pittsburgh Penguins. And of course the and of course and of course the Islanders 
will go and complete the West go up uh, still on the West Coast, and they'll take on the San Jose Sharks at 10:30. Basketball, the Brooklyn Nets return from the All Star break, and they'll defend home court. They'll defend home court against the rival Boston Celtics. That's at 7:30. And I'll tell and also on Friday, um, when will when you ask me when will the Knicks return on the court? When will they return on the court, my man? Well, it is Friday. Well, we go to Friday. Let's go to Friday, shall we? I mean, I don't know. If, I don't know if it's. I don't know if they're gonna come back. And of course, let's move up to Friday. Oh, they play on Friday against Miami. So. More on that, more of that tomorrow. But in the meantime, don't forget to check us out on Anchor every weekday. Every weekday at 5 p.m. when it's up there. And I hope you enjoyed your evening. So basically, we're here, we're back. We're here to stay. We're back. We're here to stay. Ultra Sports is the destination for the sports fans. Until then, this is Matthew Holly saying so long. Until next time, which is tomorrow afternoon, 5 p.m.